Good morning, listeners. Today is Monday, October 24th, 2022, and the time is now 9.22 a.m. Good morning to all of you, wherever you are. And a big thank you to Anchor FM on Spotify, a great way to start a podcast. All you need is a laptop or a smartphone or a tablet. You don't need, uh, you know, sound barriers and and glass installed and uh, a studio and uh, all kinds of, you know, I don't even know what goes into a studio. I can only imagine thousands and thousands of dollars and sometimes having staff as well. But this, you could do all your own and you could have guests too. You know, the connections, you could sit down with the guests and interview them or you could interview them via the app. And also now you have the opportunity to, to make video podcasts. A lot of people are into that. or um, and, and also Anchor is now on Spotify, which is a major platform. So, you know, you're getting out there. You're getting world global attention. Anyway, folks, um, today I want to discuss a, a case many of you may be familiar with. We're coming up on the one year. Uh, I don't even want to call it an anniversary for such a horrible event. It's just it's the one-year marker of when it occurred. The um, I forgot the name of the school. Ethan Crumbly is accused of uh, killing four students in a school, I believe, in Michigan, right? Not too far from Detroit. The name of the town will come back to me. It really doesn't matter, honestly. But um, first of all, I just want to tell you that in no way do I glorify any of these events. I really wish I didn't have to talk about it at all. But because these horrific events occur, I wish to have a conversation about it and, and hoping that it will help prevent it in the future. You know, let's talk about why these things happen, how we can prevent it, what what are the triggers. And a, a lot of other people are having a conversation as well. And anyway, um, before I even get into that, I just want to, you know, many of you read, listened to my other episode done recently about the, the Darrell Brooks trial, which is taking place in um, Wakusha, Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin, but that's my point. Um, there seems to be a whole rash of tragedies in that Midwest region. I don't know what you call that, the North Midwest or the Great Lakes or uh, the Rust Belt. But what I'm talking about is uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois, and Michigan. Michigan, that particular area, you have, you've had a lot of tragedies, horrible things happening in the past couple years. I don't know if it's a correlation or a coincidence, but I've been noticing that. And and I, I specifically mentioned, you know, the, the George Floyd killing, the Kenosha, the Kenosha shooting, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Um, what else did you have over there? You had the last Illinois, 4th of July, outside of Chicago, there was a shooting at a parade. Uh, Robert Crimeo is in custody. He's the guy, I think, who dressed up like a woman. Uh, if I'm missing anything else, please let me know. I mentioned Darrell Brooks. I mean, it seems like a nice enough region as it is. It's an area I never visited. Even the way the people talk, they have their own kind of accident, accent. It's almost like a, 
it's not too far off from a Canadian accent either. It's like a Midwest Northern accent. It, it, it's a different kind of mentality. I, I suspect that more people own guns over there. I know it's colder over there. It, it could be rural, but it could also be city as well. I don't know, but I, I'm just noting that there has been a whole rash of tragedies, you know, a couple of them involving a parade, you know, a school shooting, uh, you know, a, a, a police involved fatality. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but anyway, I'm just, I mean, tragedy is everywhere, but I, I'm just happy to notice that that particular area has some high profile uh, cases right now. Uh, nevertheless, getting back to the point, um, as many, you know, you know, Ethan Crumbly, um, he's a, was, well, I think he's 16 now. He was a 15 year old young man, very troubled young man uh, who went into school carrying a, a semi-automatic gun in his backpack and, and shot, killed four four students in the school. It was a horrible thing. And but, but what makes this case a little more different is his parents are being held accountable. His parents are in custody, and I believe they're facing manslaughter charge, some kind of felony charges, neglect, uh, neglect, negligent homicide. I, I don't know. Once again, I'm not a lawyer. Okay, so please. I don't have any legal perspectives. I have no legal training. I'm just, you know, talking about my thoughts, my observations, my interpretations. That's all. So I, this is no professional um, observation whatsoever. What's going on? But the parents are in custody. They're being held. Uh, they're being held responsible for a number of events. Uh, first of all, allegedly they had bought the young man, the gun. And second of all, I think they had the opportunity to pick him up from school on the day of the shooting. There were some unusual drawings found, found by the teacher and they, well, they were too busy. They couldn't take him home and they went off and, and the same day he did the shooting. But really uh, what, what draws suspicion to them or really makes them look the worst is their behavior after the shooting. They knew that, um, you know, they were being questioned. They knew that ch- there might be pending charges. And what they allegedly did, I think the the mother had sold her horse for $4,000. And the parents left from their home in, in the area. And they were staying, I believe, with a friend in Detroit. And Detroit, and they had a lot of cash on them. And they, they, they claimed they had to go out of the area because they feared for their lives that they're in danger. Now, you know, that could be true too. Maybe they're afraid the other parents were coming after them, which is understandable. So I don't know, but there was a chain of events. And, and look, parents are people, okay? They're just two people who had a kid together and no parent is perfect. And lots of parents are screwed up. Okay, maybe there was some drinking. Maybe there was drugs. Maybe there was cheating. Maybe there was going out at night, you know, then there's, there's, of course, the case of, of Ethan being left home alone, knocking on a neighbor's door, saying he was hungry. So, I mean, there's a lot of um, things that the prosecution has to pull together to prove in this case a lot beyond my pay grade. Not that I even have a pay grade, but um, yeah, it should be. I don't know how it'll be two different trials. There'll be Ethan's trial and the parents' trial. But on Ethan's end, it, it almost seems like he he's resigned 
to his fate. Uh, in his journals, he had written, he had written, I wonder what what prison will be like. like. And, and it just makes me think, how much was he mentally suffering before this happened where he, did, he didn't care that he was going to have to spend the rest of his life in prison or be executed or whatever that, you know, he felt so driven to go out and do this horrific crime and he didn't care about the consequences. How much was he suffering in his mind? And was that independent of the way the parents were raising him or was that genetic? I, I don't know the answer, but these are all thing all questions that are going to come into play in this case. Uh, but uh, I'm sorry, I'm losing my place here. Uh, yeah, they're only human. It's yeah, there was their actions. I'm sorry, I'm I'm losing. I took notes of what I was going to say, and uh, yeah, I know what I wanted to say. Whenever I used to follow any kind of criminal cases, I I actually used to feel sorry for the inmate, for the convict, because I kept trying to put myself in my place. Imagine doing something horrible and knowing you can't undo what you did and you can't change you cannot come back from that and you're either facing death row or you're facing incarceration for the rest of your life and i used to feel bad for them you know they think oh you know they can't go back in time poor poor thing they're locked up in jail for the rest of their life they can't go out they lost their freedom you know they they, they made a mistake i can make a mistake i used to really feel bad for them i know it's crazy but i kind of learned to shift my focus on the victims because I watch a lot of these trials. I watch a lot of the the victim impact statements. I listen to the families of the victim. And I also even kind of feel sorry sometimes for the, the suspect's family because they're losing a family member as well. And I learned kind of just to shift my empathy towards all the other people who are affected by these actions. And if you think about it, the victims are usually are affected more than the suspect. The suspect's actions often affect many, many different families on a deep level, often, you know, cascading into later substance abuse problems, physical problems, suicide. So there's a lot of factors to be involved as well. And, uh, you know, I can go from one extreme to the other. I could, I could be a cop hater. I could be a criminal hater. I'm in both sides. I studied criminal justice. I wanted to become a cop. I was pro-cop. Then I see hip hypocrisies among the police officers, and I get angry and I become a cop hater. But I try to stay neutral, try to stay in the middle, try to see that there are good cops trying to do their job. You know, there are on the other end of the spectrum. Defendants have rights. They're innocent until proven guilty. Um, you know, there are innocent people who are sent to prison who deserve, you know, to have their cases looked at. So there's all different sides. You have, you know, different shades of gray, not everything is black and white. I guess that's my point. Do I have anything else to say about Ethan Crumbly? Not at this point. The trial should be coming up soon. And then you got the parents trial as well. So if more thoughts will come to me, I will discuss that. Uh, we're up to 11 minutes and 31 seconds. And the time is now 9.34 a.m. on Monday, October 24th, 2022. Folks, Enjoy your day. Try to try to do something good for somebody else. Try to, at least in your words, try to have a positive, even if you're talking to a customer service representative on the phone about an issue, try to 
end the conversation on a good tone and give them a good feeling when they come home tonight. Try to put good vibes out there. It's good for you. It's good for the world. Thank you very much and have a great day.